We present John Moffat as Hercule Poirot and André Moran as Monsieur Bouc in Agatha Christie's Murder on the Orient Express. About this digital talking book. Navigation of this digital talking book is by short story title at the first navigation level. This digital talking book was produced by Visibility, formerly the Association for the Blind of Western Australia, Inc., in Perth, Western Australia. To support the production of this and other digital talking books, please contact Visibility on country code plus 61, area code 08-9311-8202 or by email library at visibility.com.au What's happened? Why have we stopped? It's nothing serious, mademoiselle. A small mechanical fault. It is being attended to. Where are we? About 40 miles from Aleppo. Is there likely to be much of a delay? Who can tell? They are doing all they can. But is it going to make us late? I trust not, mademoiselle. I have to change trains in Istanbul. If there's delay, I shall miss the connection. Don't you understand? It's absolutely vital that I catch the Orient Express. Um, you have a room reserved for me, I believe. What name, sir? Hercule Poirot. A room with a bath. That is correct. This is the first time you've stayed at the Hotel Tokatlia? It is the first time I have stayed in Istanbul, something I have always dreamed of. And since I have a few days to spare, I thought I would break my journey from Damascus and play the tourists for a few days. Santa Sofia, the ancient walls of the city. There is a telegram here for you, Monsieur Poirot. Thank you. <sighs> I fear I must ask you to cancel my room. I am required urgently back in London. Santa Sofia will have to wait for another occasion. At what time does the Orient Express leave? At nine o'clock. Will you see if you can get me a compartment on the carry coach? There should be no difficulty at this time of year, Monsieur Poirot. The trains are invariably empty. You are certain? Quite certain. I will see to your booking straight away. You are very kind. I shall take a little refreshment in the bar. My dear Monsieur Poirot. Ah, ça, alors, quelle surprise. Monsieur Beau. What are you doing in Istanbul? <laughs> ah, unfortunately, I am about to leave it. But it is very good to see you, Monsieur Beau. You are here in your professional capacity? I had hoped to be here as a tourist. I have been attending to a little matter in Syria for the French army. Ah, uh, and you are returning home? Such, it seems, is my fate. I leave by the Orient Express. But that is splendid, so do I. Ah, at least I go as far as Lausanne. It will be a real pleasure to travel in your company. McQueen. Sir? McQueen? Has all the luggage been brought down? Yes, Mr. Ratchet. Every item you've checked? Every item, Mr. Ratchet. Pay the bill. It's time we were going. Sir? What a repellent-looking man. <laughs> Just another American tourist. No, 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 my friend. That man is not another anything. He's like a wild animal. Oh, he looks perfectly respectable to me. Ah, it may be so. But I cannot rid myself of the impression of an almost tangible evil. 
Monsieur Poirot, I'm extremely sorry, but there is not one first-class sleeping berth to be had on the Istanbul Calais coach. It is fully booked. At this time of year? Impossible. But do not worry, my friend. I'm not a director of the Compagnie des Wagons-Lits for nothing. I shall find a compartment for you on the Simplon Orient. Never fear. Uh, no, Monsieur Buc, it is quite impossible. Uh, I am sorry, but every compartment is taken. It is incredible. Michel, what is happening? Is it some kind of convention? A party? Uh, no, Monsieur Buc, they are all ordinary passengers. It just happens that many people have chosen to travel tonight. Well, at Belgrade, there will be the sleep coach from Athens, but we don't reach Belgrade until tomorrow evening. What is my friend to do tonight? Is there no second-class berth free? Uh, there is one, but it is a lady's berth, and there is already a woman in the compartment, a, a lady's maid. Uh, she is a German. How very awkward. Uh, have all the passengers arrived? I believe so. No. There is a gentleman in uh, number seven, a uh, second class. He has not yet come. But the train leaves in four minutes. Uh, he is an Englishman, uh, Monsieur Harris. Ah. If he's called Harris, he certainly will not come. He will be like Mrs. Harris, the friend of Sarah Gamp in the novel by Dickens. She did not exist. Put Monsieur Poirot's luggage in number seven. If this Mr. Harris arrives, we will tell him that he's too late, that berths can only be held until five minutes before departure. We will find him a berth at Belgrade. Understood? Uh, understood, Monsieur Buck. If the gentleman would be so good as to follow me, hmm? I will take him to compartment number seven. Is this your uh, luggage, monsieur? Yeah, thank you. And thank you, monsieur Book. It is the end compartment exactly but one, monsieur. You can apply American standards out here. It's just natural for the folks to be indolent. Excuse me, madame. Oh, yes, yes, Pardon. of course, of course. In my country, it's just the opposite. Something to do with the climate, I think. Pardon, madame. Yes, madame. And I said to him, you call it that, making a sale? I sold a 22 in one morning. Uh, pardon, senor. Here is the compartment, Excuse me, I, I, I think you've made a mistake. Uh, you are uh, Mr. Harris, perhaps? No, no, my name is McQueen, but I thought this compartment was booked. Uh, Monsieur Harris has not arrived, and there is no other berth on the Stambul Calais coach. Uh, the gentleman has to come in here. Oh, I see. If you will allow me to put your luggage on the rack, monsieur. Oh, of course, thank you. Yours is the upper berth, monsieur. Mm -hmm. The train starts in one minute. You uh, really must have quite a pull with this company. I've never seen a conductor put a passenger's luggage up before. <laughs> uh, if you'd rather of the lower berth, sir, I, I mean it might be easier for you. No, 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 no. It will be no trouble. Please. It won't inconvenience me in the slightest. No. Then I accept. After all, it will be for one night only. At Belgrade, I shall... Oh, you're getting off at Belgrade. No. You see, I... Ooh. <laughs> Looks like we're off. I didn't see you at breakfast, mon cher. I trust you slept well. I... 
always sleep well on trains. Ah, this is a really excellent lunch, Monsieur Book. You keep a very high standard. It is the premier train in Europe. What else would you expect of us? I only hope your passengers appreciate it. They are a very curious selection. Ah, if I had the pen of a Balzac, only he could do this little scene justice. <laughs> Quite an idea. It has not been done, I think, and yet uh, what a wonderful novel it would make. All around us are people of all nationalities, all classes and all ages. For three days, these people, strangers to one another, are brought together. They sleep and eat on the one roof. They cannot get away from one another. Just look at them, of you. Take those three men at that table there, thrown together by chance, and yet uh, already they seem to have uh, something in common. In my country, we never do things by house, huh? If we want something, we go for it. Just the same with us. If you're going to do a thing, hit it right on the head. <laughs> An Italian who looks like a bandit from the Abruzzi and a very large American in a very loud suit. Who might perhaps be a commercial traveler. But the fastidious little Englishman who is with them looks as if he wishes he were at another table. As far as I am concerned... Unobtrusiveness is a much underestimated virtue these days. A rather superior servant, perhaps. And uh, what do you make of the astonishingly ugly old lady in the sable coat? That's all? Yes, madam. You will be good enough to place in my compartment the bottle of mineral water and a large glass of orange juice. Certainly, madam. And at dinner tonight, you will arrange that I shall have chicken cooked without sauces, also some boiled fish. Oh, of course, madame. I will see to it. She looks as if she would be more at home at the court of Catherine the Great. And what pose? You are not far wrong, you know. That is the Princess Dragomirov. She's extremely wealthy. I've heard of her. Oh, quite a personality. Now, take the, uh, that woman over there. The American lady with all those rings on her fingers. My daughter told me, take a book of food tickets and you'll have no trouble. No trouble at all. Not much in the way of aristocracy there, unless it is the aristocracy of money. That just isn't so. It seems they have to have a 10% tip. She has not stopped talking since she sat down at the table. Did you taste that mineral water? Why can't they use Evian or Vichy? It's because they must serve us the water of each country. Each country we're traveling through. And as for that dowdy Scandinavian lady, does she not look to you... Exactly like a sheep. Oh, now you are not kind, Monsieur Book. Now, who is that mysterious-looking woman who sits with them and who doesn't speak a word? Quite a beauty in her way, but certainly not uh, an innocent abroad like the start American lady. Now, there I think I can enlighten you, my friend. She is an English governess traveling home from Baghdad. She and that tall, lean, military-looking gentleman at the next table who is pointedly trying to give the impression that he does not know her, were travelling together on the Taurus Express, which I boarded at Aleppo. They went through a very pretty comedy for my benefit, pretending not to know one another, very reserved, very English. And then, when the train stopped at Konya, they took a walk along the platform. I overheard them just beneath the window of my compartment. I wish to heaven you were out of this business, Mary. It's no good talking about it. Mary. Mary, I... No, not now. When it's over, when it's all behind us, then... 
and then they walked away. Curious, is it not? I was quite intrigued. Do you always eavesdrop on romantic encounters, my friend? I was not eavesdropping. I just happened to overhear it. Now, who else have we? The German lady's maid, with whom you decline to share a compartment. I cannot say I blame you, she's exceedingly plain. And that very elegant couple over in the corner, so perfectly comme il faut. I scarcely think that a week in Paris will really give us time. But surely we promised Francis that we would be at Chevreau's on the 14th. A very handsome couple. From his clothes, he looks as if he ought to be English, but... I am certain they will not be at all put out if we arrive a day or two later. No, no, certainly not English. I would like a little time to consider my winter wardrobe. Budapest is always at least six months behind the times. Very pretty and very chic, is she not? According to Michel's list, they are Hungarian. The Count and Countess Andrini. She's quite charming. But something is worrying her. Why can't you stop playing the detective for once? I can never stop. And I never play, as you put it. As for the other diners, we already know Mr. McQueen, with whom you are sharing a compartment, and his employer, your wild animal, who we saw at the hotel bar. Mm, What is his name? Uh, Ratchet. I suppose he's some sort of businessman. Well, it has all been most interesting... And I'm sorry that Balzac isn't with us, but now I have work to do. I will see you later, mon vieux. Very well. I shall stay here and take a liqueur, perhaps. Thank you for an excellent meal, Monsieur Bouc. Excuse me, sir. Could you oblige me with a light? Of course. Thank you. My name is Ratchet. Uh, you're welcome to keep the matches, Mr. Ratchet. I believe that I have the pleasure of speaking to Monsieur Hercule Poirot. Is that so? You have been correctly informed, monsieur. In my country, we come to the point quickly. I want you to take on a job for me, Mr. Poirot. Ah, my clientele is extremely limited nowadays, Mr. Ratchet. I take on very few cases. I did not imagine it would be otherwise, but I am talking big money here, Mr. Poirot. Very big money. What is it that you wish me to do for you? Let me put it this way. I am a rich man. I am a very rich man. And rich men inevitably do have enemies. Well, I have an enemy. Just the one? What exactly do you mean by that? You say that men in your position have enemies. Generally, there are more than one. Enemy or enemies, what does it matter? I'm only concerned about my safety. My life has been threatened. Not once. But several times, Mr. Poirot. Now, I'm the kind of man that reckons he can take care of himself. Which is why you carry a small automatic in your inside pocket. I can see nothing much escapes you. (laughs) But there is no point in not making assurance doubly sure. That is why I want you to be my extra cover. You want me to be your bodyguard? I want you to find out where the threats are coming from. You are the man for my money, Mr. Poirot. And I do mean money. You can write your own check. Hmm. I regret, Mr. Ratchet, that I cannot oblige you. Why the hell not? I told you the sky is the limit. You do not understand, Mr. Ratchet. I have been very fortunate in my profession. I have made myself enough money to satisfy both my needs and my caprices. 
I take now only such cases as interest me. You've got quite a nerve, Poirot. What is wrong with my proposition? If you will forgive me for being personal, I do not like your face, Mr. Ratchet. I would not stand about out here, my friend. It is bitterly cold. I had hoped to get a little glimpse of Belgrade. One town is much like another viewed from a railway station. Mm-hmm. And it is snowing very heavily. Ah, they said that they have seen nothing like it for years. I only hope that we are not held up. I'm not happy about it, I can tell you. But uh, let's get back into the train. It is due to leave very shortly. I have moved the gentleman's luggage into your compartment, Monsieur Book. Ah, thank you, Michel. Now you will have a first-class compartment to yourself, my friend. But uh, where will you go? Oh, I have moved into the coach from Athens. It is attached to the train here. Now, you are sure I'm not putting you to any inconvenience? Not the least. It is more convenient like this. You are going through to Calais, so it is better that you stay in this coach. The Athens part of the train is empty, except for a Greek doctor and myself. Your compartment is number one, next to your good friend, Mr. Ratchet. Would you like Michel to show you where it is? Oh, no, mon Dieu. I will find my way easily enough. Till tomorrow, then. Good night. Bonne nuit. Bonne nuit, Monsieur Book, and thank you. Uh, but I thought the British were running the whole show out in India, Colonel. Say, hey, I didn't expect to see you, Monsieur. I thought you were getting off the train at Belgrade. Uh, No, you misunderstood me, I think, Mr. McQueen. I was merely changing my compartment. My luggage has been moved into number one. Next to my boss. Thank you, Mr. McQueen. Good night. Good night, monsieur. Say, why don't you come into my compartment, Colonel, and, uh... Well, you can put me right about this empire of yours over a glass or two of scotch. You're sure you'll be all right now, Miss Olsen? Yes, thank you. You have been very kind. Take another aspirin and go to sleep. Yes. I'm sure you'll feel just fine in the morning. I hope I will. Good night. Sleep tight. Oh, good evening, monsieur. Good evening, madame. Poor creature. She's got the most frightful headache. She's a Swede. As far as I can make out, she's a missionary of some sort, a teaching one. Mm-hmm. I thought you were down the other end. No, I have moved into the compartment of Mr. Book, number one. On the other side of Mr. Ratchet? That is the one. There's something wrong about that man. My daughter always says I'm very intuitive, and I've got a hunch about Mr. Ratchet. I've got the compartment next to his on this side, and I can tell you I don't like it one bit. I put all my grips against the communicating door. I thought I heard him trying the handle. I dare say I'm foolish, but there it is. One can never be too careful, Mrs. Hubbard. I'm downright scared of him. My daughter said I'd have an easy journey, but somehow I don't feel happy about it. I guess I'll turn in and read. Good night. Good night, madame. Good night, then, Mr. Ratchet. Just a moment, Masterman. Yes, Mr. Ratchet. I'll take breakfast in the dining car tomorrow. Make sure I get my usual. I'll see to it, Mr. Ratchet. Good night, Mr. Ratchet. Ah. Evidence of Mr. Shepard, manager of the bank. 
The emerald was deposited with him on March 25th by Mr. Patrick, the family solicitor. On April the 15th, Mr. Patrick. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm getting too fatigued for all this. Ah. Time to go to sleep. What was that? Huh? Oh, a nightmare. It must have been. The train is not moving. Are we at a station? Monsieur Ratchet! Monsieur Ratchet! C'est bien, Je me suis trompé. Bien, monsieur. Strange how everything sounds so loud when the train is not moving. Oh. Oh, does no one ever sleep on this cursed train? Yes, madame. Uh, what can I do for what you? What took you so long? Oh, I could have been murdered here. There's someone in my compartment. Oh, but Mrs. Hubbard, that is not possible. Oh, no. You can see for yourself, madame. There is no one here. Oh, it must have been a nightmare. Oh. Oh. Good night, madame. Sleep well. Mon Dieu, is everyone on this train mad? Yes, monsieur. Uh, can I help you? What is happening? Why is the train not moving? Oh, it is most unfortunate. We have run into a snowdrift. Heaven knows how long we shall be here. Oh. The snow is falling very heavily. Already it is up to the top of the windows. It could be days before the line is clear. Days? I fear so, monsieur. Oh, where are we? Between Vincovci and Broad. And as if we did not have enough trouble... The American lady... I heard her shouting. Uh, she insists, uh, absolutely insists, that there was a man in her compartment. Uh, mm. Just imagine, monsieur, how could anyone conceal themselves in a space this size? Uh, but she would not listen to reason, as if there was not enough to worry about. Well, I am sorry to add to your troubles, my friend, but uh, if I might have a little bottle of mineral water... Oh, of course, monsieur. Straight away. A woman in a red kimono walking away down the corridor. <sighs> Decidedly, I suffer from the nerves. My daughter told me I wouldn't have any trouble. Just get on the train, she said. Sit tight and you'll be in Paris in no time. And now we may be here for days and days. My boat sails the day after tomorrow. I can't even wire to cancel my passage. My sister and her children are waiting me. I, I can't get no word to them. They will think something terrible has happened to me. Doesn't anyone have any idea how long we're likely to be here? 
And what is this country anyway? Yugoslavia, I believe. Oh, one of those Balkan things. What can you expect? I suppose that somebody will come along and dig us out in the end. We shall just have to sit here and wait. You are very patient, mademoiselle. What else can one do? Huh? You are a philosopher. That implies a detached attitude. I think my own attitude is more selfish. I've learned to save myself useless emotion. Uh, excuse me, monsieur. Yes, what is it? Monsieur Book presents his compliments. Uh, he would be grateful if you would be so kind as to spare him a few minutes of your time. Not of course. Uh, excuse me. Ah, Poirot, my good friend, come in. Uh, you too, Michel. Ah, mon ami, we have need of you. Well, what has occurred? Ah, you may well ask. If it were not enough that we are cut off from the world by the snow... What then? Now a passenger lies dead in his berth, stabbed. Which passenger? Mr. Ratchet. The man is in the next compartment to you. Mr. Ratchet? That is very curious. Curious? It is a disaster. A murder itself would be serious enough, but consider the circumstances. Who knows how long we may be stuck here in the snow? And there is something else. Mm. Passing through most countries, we have the local police on the train. But here, it is not so. It is a position of great difficulty for you, I agree, but... And there is worse to come. Dr. Constantine says... Oh, forgive me for not introducing you, but uh, my mind is in a whirl. What is the company going to say to all this? Monsieur... I am Dr. Constantine. And I am Hercule Poirot. Dr. Constantine is of the opinion that the man was killed between midnight and two in the morning. It is difficult to say exactly in these matters, but that would be my guess. When was the crime discovered? I shall leave that to our conductor. Uh, Michel, tell monsieur exactly what happened. The valet, Monsieur Ratchet, uh, Mr. Masterman, had instructions to uh, order breakfast for his master in the dining car. When Monsieur Ratchet did not appear and he could receive no answer from the compartment, he asked me for help. What time was this? Uh, about 11. I opened the door of the compartment with my key, but the chain was fastened across. I broke the chain. I thought at first that the gentleman must have had a fit, but then I saw... The door was locked and fastened on the inside. It was not suicide. Does a man who commits suicide stab himself in ten or twelve different places? Ah, that shows great ferocity. It must have been a woman. Only a woman would kill a man like that. If it was a woman, she must have been very strong. Some of the blows were delivered with such force as to drive through hard belts of muscle and bone. It was not clearly a very scientific crime. The question is, what are we to do now? Monsieur Poirot, I know your powers. I beseech you, please, take command of the investigation. Oh, but, Monsieur Book, I can scarcely... Do. No, 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 please do not refuse. Just think. Eventually, the Yugoslav police will arrive. How simple if we can present them with a solution. Simple? But if we do not, there will be interminable delays and annoyances and endless embarrassment for the company. But if you can tell the police, this is the criminal... Your faith touches me, Monsieur Book, and I must admit, this problem intrigues me. I was reflecting not 30 minutes ago that many hours of boredom lay ahead of me while we are stuck here, and now a problem arrives, ready to my hand. Then... You will accept? C'est entendu. You can place the matter in my hands. Oh, I cannot express my gratitude. We are 
all at your service. Now, to begin with, I should like a plan of the Istanbul Cali coach with a note of the people who occupy the compartments, and I should also like to see their tickets and their passports. Michel, will you see to that, please? Of course, Monsieur Bouc. Now, what other passengers are on the train? Eh bien, um, in the Athens coach, uh, Dr. Constantine and I are the only travelers. Mm -hmm. Beyond that are the ordinary carriages. But they do not concern us, since they were locked off from this part of the train after dinner had been served last night. Mm -hmm. And uh, forward of the Istanbul Calais coach is only the dining car. Then it seems as though we must look for our murderer in the Istanbul Calais coach. At half an hour after midnight, we ran into the snowdrift. No one can have left the train since then. So, we have established two things. The murderer is with us still on the train, and he or she is a passenger on the Stambul-Calais coach. Will you need to question all of them? Certainly, Monsieur Bouc. Now, we must find somewhere to conduct the interviews. I will get Michel to clear the passengers out of the restaurant car. Ah, yes, Michel. We must put him on our list. Michel? But he has worked with the company for years. Nevertheless, we must overlook no one. Now, I think that while they are clearing the restaurant car, we should pay a call on Mr. McQueen. He may be able to enlighten us about his late employer. 